to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. We are still in our kingdom series, and today we're going to look at the glorious liberty of the saints. And it's something that I want you to follow in detail. I'll tell you something about my sermons. You have to follow them in detail. If I gave someone my notes and told them to preach, they would struggle. I remember, I think there was a time I was showing the team. I had two lines, and there's a way I constructed those two lines. that built to everything. So we're looking at something that this is God's desire for you. God's desire is for you to know the kingdom. And God had spoken to me when I was starting this series that once we'd start talking about the kingdom, we'd see crazy miracles. And I think we've already started seeing that. And today, I I want to get us to a certain line of thought. One reason why I take a lot of time in teaching is... I've come to realize that the basics are absolutely important because the basics determine what language you don't just talk in, but what language you think in. Are you aware that there's a difference between the language you're talking and the language you think in? I'll give you an example. Um, If anyone has heard the way I play the keyboard, I play the keyboard like I'm playing the guitar. Those who do music, have you noticed that I play the keyboard like I'm playing the guitar? I play it like I'm strumming because I learned the guitar before I learned the keyboard. So I, I think in guitar language, not really the keyboard language. Let me give a better example. Have you ever heard somebody say, um, I remember when I was in South Africa, there's a little girl I prayed for. You were there, right? In Mafikeng. There's a little girl I prayed for who was deaf. And then she comes to the front and says, my ears, my ears, they can hear together. So now you'll find that she was probably thinking in a local dialect. And so when she expressed it in English, it may have sounded off to me, but it was making sense in the language she was thinking in. Let me try to give you another example. Have you ever heard somebody coming to you and saying, um... I will see you yesterday. You know why? Because you find in their dialect, Milo. Milo is tomorrow. Milo is yesterday. (laughs) It's usually the word that precedes it, that determines. So you find the person is thinking in Nyanja and they're speaking in English. They might struggle. Similarly, if um, I'm speaking certain languages, you find I'm still thinking in English and I'm trying to translate. So there are some sentences that might not make sense in English if you're thinking in English, which makes sense in Nyanja. You're trying to say, how are you? You're not saying, how are you? You're saying, how are you? Praise God. What am I trying to say? There is something about learning the basics when it comes to the kingdom that train you how to think kingdom. And so pay attention to these topics. In about two, three years ago, I don't remember when, 
I woke up to a dream. And in the dream, I was sitting, I was singing a certain song, which I'd never heard before. So I ended up writing it. And the song went, there is freedom, there is freedom. It's a life that's free from shame. There is freedom, there is freedom. And it's the reason Jesus came. It's freedom for my soul. And freedom to adore. Freedom for me and for you. And, you know, interesting, you know, Deacon was Johanna in the dream, you were the one singing it. I just never told you. I just never told you. It was you and Chimba Charikosa. And I don't think any of you guys are necessarily the most... Uh, so let's continue. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about. Colossians 1, verse 12 to 13. We're looking at the glorious liberty of the saints in the kingdom. And today you will have a better understanding of what the kingdom is. Colossians 1, verse 12 to 13. And we might look at it from different translations because it's our main text for today. Let's begin. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. I hope you're following. Next verse. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Remember, we are in the series about the kingdom. Now, when you read the Gospels, Jesus describes a lot about how it originated and how it spread. But then when you read the epistles, you'll notice that you get to see the reality of what happened after Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. So he says, who has delivered us from the dominion of darkness? Look at it from the Amplified. Let's start from verse 12. You didn't hear that. I said you didn't. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. Next verse. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we've been delivered from somewhere. We've been delivered out of something and we've been transferred. A better rendering says we've been translated. Why the word translated is important is because with a translation, you know, it's not like there's time. How can I put it? With a translation, it's like you are here, then you're there. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, in a split second, it happened. You were here, then you're there. It's a translation. I'll never forget uh, 2013, somewhere there. I wanted to buy a Bible, so I went to a Christian bookstore. The one that was near Levy Junction, somewhere there. And then I didn't find the Bible I was looking for. And I was with a friend of mine. And we decided, you know what, let's just go home. So we passed under, you know that flyover bridge that's near that side, right? And then we found ourselves coming out of the flyover bridge by Lima Tower. That, that one near Lima Tower. Near the other bookstore. Each other like, what's going on? <laughs> like we were in shock. Such that someone even grabbed his phone. Then he said, give it back to me. And he, the guy just gave it back. 
ăn so we we had an experience of that praise god sometimes supernatural things like that happen amen and so what i'm trying to say is as believers we've been translated i think it's the king james that used translation right let's see what the king james says get this get this who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son do you know what it means to be delivered from the dominion of something in I wanted to give an example with regards to school. Now I'm trying to think of which of the schools I went to to use as an example. Did we use the degree? The other degree. Okay, let's use the masters today because I always use Onza. So, once upon a time, there was somebody who could determine whether I pass or not. Can you imagine that? Like, let's say when doing that master's research, you've got a supervisor. There are places he has to sign. My supervisor used to work from town. He was not working from Unilas, so he was a consultant. I had to drive to town if I wanted him to read my document. You drove with me once, eh? I don't know how Lastins always finds himself. <laughs> but I had to drive to meet him. Because at that point, to an extent, I was under his mercy. He could tell me, I don't like what you've written. Unless you've worked hard. The moment I saw that grade on the paper, the moment I, I did all those corrections, as it stands, whether I have his number or not is not an issue. What am I trying to say? I'm not under his dominion right now. There is, at this point, there's nothing he can say or do that would take away the fact that I've already gotten what I wanted and I've been translated now to another side. I once had a dream where I was about to have a conference and I was like, my eyes were open and I was able to see what was happening on the other side because these guys get angry when you're having such things because we get some of their best people and turn them into something else. They lose generals at our meetings. <laughs> And so I saw them trying to like set up like some concoction, trying to do like some bewitching, and they were using like this black chicken. And then I looked and I'm like, a chicken. This is the Holy Spirit. And I moved on with my life. And here is the thing. You can actually form a shield of faith that is resistant to those things. There are some houses in this earth that are bomb resistant. There are some houses that are resistant from attack. They've been designed in such a way. You can design your life in such a way that you're resistant to those things. You can actually do that. I'll never forget another time. We're about to have a conference. I think Dukon Shema will remember this. We received a text. Guys, you need to pray. There's somebody I'm inviting who's actively involved in Satanism. Like, <sighs> you want us to do what? We laughed. Do you know why we laughed? I was not going to change my prayer pattern. <laughs> unless, my, un unless my prayer life is not effective in the first place. He was the one who was supposed to change his incantation pattern. <laughs> but these things that I'm saying are not just words, they are realities. And we have seen them. I hope you're getting me. It's where Satan has nothing on you. What I'm trying to say is this. I've had cases where, uh, I'll never forget that day. I think it was uh, some years ago. I, my body was suddenly 
behave in funny. If you've noticed, you even reach a place where you differentiate you from your body. That way you can have dominion over it. So my body reached a place where it, it was really, really, really behaving funny. And I'll never forget that night because I woke up that day. Now I'm telling stories like, <laughs> you know what I'm reminding myself of right now? I once went to preach in a certain area. And before I could preach, they said that. So this woman came. And I was so excited to hear the testimony. Milo, how have you never by Thursday? So by Wednesday now, I'm like, okay, where is this going? And then she reached Saturday. And by the time it was Saturday, but I need better been to voice. <laughs> so now I'm waiting for the part where the things came back. So now we to <laughs> and then she sang a song. <laughs> I was discouraged. <laughs> I was discouraged. That's why we see uh, we screen the testimonies. <laughs> okay, that's that's a, by the way. So that day. I was getting a little worse. And then I wake up in the morning and somebody sends a text. Hi, I dreamt you died today. <sighs> Why they would send me that, I don't know. <laughs> I never replied. And then later that day, I had a meeting in a WhatsApp group. My WhatsApp groups were taken very seriously. We had sessions. We had the MC announcing. <laughs> don't look at us like this. And do you remember that day when there was somebody in South Africa, in the group whose eye was closed and then it opened. They even sent a photo. Who remembers that one? That was the same day. So after that, I heard a voice. I literally heard it saying, tonight when you sleep, you're gone. I decided to go sleep immediately. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Do you know what happened that night? That's the night I got the vision of the city of the Lord Church. That's the night the vision came. That's the night the vision came. So I'm saying there's a way you must begin to approach things from a kingdom perspective. So for example, if you dreamt that somebody died, there can only be two sources there. That could either be God is opening up your eyes to see what Satan wants to do because he knows you've got authority to stop it. Or God is, or the enemy is trying to influence you a certain way. How you respond to that can determine a whole lot. So we can have four people having the same vision, responding very differently, showing different levels of kingdom mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, are you in the kingdom? So we've been delivered from the dominion of darkness and we've been translated to the kingdom of his dear son. And so to properly understand this, I want us just to understand a few things. Some of the vital things that are necessary to understand about the Lord Jesus Christ is we have to understand his birth. That's why when it's Christmas, we do all those, Mary, did you know? And all that kind of stuff. We're just reminding you. We have to understand the life he lived. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power that he went about doing good and healing all who were under the oppression of the enemy. We have to understand his death. We have to understand his burial. We have to understand his resurrection. We have to understand his ascension. And of all of those, if you are to ask me, the ones that are least talked about are the resurrection and especially the ascension. At the cross, at the cross, here is what happened. To understand the cross properly, you must understand the concept of a lamb. Praise God. Let me have Eliezer come up hither. I'm using King James language. Eh? Come, please. 
you can stand like this. So here's what used to happen. So now, in the Old Testament, God writes laws, right? And in total, there were about 600 of them, if you had to include the ones in Deuteronomy. Everyone failed to keep them. And the funny thing about them is that if you broke one, you broke all of them. Up to today, I've not found... I was going to say something, but it's okay. Okay, it's okay. And so what they would do is they just respected themselves. And at the end of the year, they would just bring a lamb for slaughter. Like, ah. <laughs> In short, by bringing the lamb, they were saying we failed. Actually, they were saying we failed. Otherwise, why would there be need for a lamb if they could manage to keep the laws? So they bring a lamb, and the lamb was brought as an atonement. By atonement, what it meant is this. This is my tablet, right? I'm using a tablet because um, God wrote on a stone tablet. So God invented... <laughs> so God invented touchscreen, not so. And so it would be delicate if I didn't put a cover on it. And so what atonement would do is that it would cover like this. It would cover. It wouldn't take away, it would cover. And so when they would bring the lamb, they would lay hands on it. And by laying hands on the lamb, they were transferring their sin to the lamb and getting the lamb's purity. Okay? The day you understand that, you will not just go anywhere for laying of hands. So now I hope you understand why we're strict. If, if we're not sure about someone, we don't go there. So they would lay their hands on the lamb, get its purity. And then when that lamb gets its, the person's filth, they would give the lamb the penalty for sin. They would slaughter it. So in short, if you had a lamb every year, or a goat or whatever, you're good. You're covered for that year. Then, Jesus comes on the scene. And John the Baptist says, Now behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of man. So what happens? At the cross, now, now I'm, I'm using before salvation. We looked at him. He looked at us. And then we gave him our filth and he gave us his righteousness and that's why at the cross what had to happen to him he was he was crucified so that's why the cross had to happen but then it didn't end there when Jesus died just stay here because I might need you for the example when Jesus died you can stand there I, I really want us to get this. Remember, he, Jesus didn't just carry sin. He became sin. I hope you also know that Jesus became a curse. That's what the scriptures tell us. And it says, cursed is he who was hung on a tree. Now, that would have been enough. Because what Jesus did at the cross was beyond atonement. It was the remission of sins meaning the sins were removed especially when we go to the grave part we'll get, we'll get to that now I want, I want you to hear this 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 14 you have to understand this 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 14 there's no way you can sit unless somebody else wants to become the, the lamb. okay sit there you'll come back for the love of Christ compels us. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. There is a famous scripture which is quoted at almost all funerals. So I never really liked it. And then I read it in its context and I realized 
It had nothing to do with that. Look at the next verse. Let's continue. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Go back to verse 14. You, you have to get this. I want us to read it together. One, two, three, go. Then all died. That's interesting. How many of us were there in 1964? But then how come? How come? We all say, let's be honest, we all say, and then they came and colonized us. <laughs> and we fought for our independence. <laughs> Why? Because if one fought, we all fought. And if they touched one, they touched us all. Because we are citizens of this nation. Now, Hebrews 9 verse 27. Hebrews 9 verse 27. Okay. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. Uh-huh. 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, that those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. That's the actual context of that verse. So let's, let him come back. So what does this mean? It means the day you say, Lord Jesus, when you surrender to somebody as Lord, here's what happens. They have kingship over you. So that means if they're doing well, you're doing well. If they're doing badly, you're doing badly. Okay? I can give you a further example. You can have, yeah, just stand there. How many of you had a TV when you were growing up? Did you buy it? But you'll be out there saying, hey, our TV. Huh? never paid a single thing for it. In short, what you owned or didn't own was determined by what your parents owned because you were under their lordship. Similarly, we're under Zambia. So we either own copper, we own this, we, we our copper. So the moment we surrendered the lordship of Jesus, this is what happens. It means when he died, we all died. So that means the cross shows how the old man, that you that was filthy, died at the cross. So when he died, we all died. That's why for believers, you can't keep living your life near the cross. Because Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't stay there. <laughs> Hold on. We are going somewhere. He didn't stay there. You understand why there are certain songs that are not at believer level. Some of them maybe just for meditation on how the Lord saved you from something. But they are not at believer level. At believer level, I'm not saying just take me as I am. No, 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 no. At believer level. Let's continue. Jesus didn't just go to the cross. He was buried. You can go back and sit. Let's talk about the barrier now. Now, at the cross, I, I, I didn't say something else about the cross. At the cross, we were also freed from the law. Romans 7, all these are in the scriptures and verse 2. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law. That was verse 1, right? It's okay. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. Some people ask me, saying, are you saying the law ended? No. But the person that the law had a covenant with died. That's what happened. 
Next verse. By the way, all this is introduction. Uh -huh. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from that law. So she's no longer an adulteress, though she, she has married another man. That's why if you read in the book of Timothy, what does Paul say? He says the law is for the ungodly. That's what he says. You understand in Holy Ghost Week why we are now under the law of the Spirit. You know, we're in a different law, right? We're under the law of the Spirit and life. You can see that in Romans 8 and verse 2. That's very important to know. So now, when Jesus died, the next thing that happened was he was buried. Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore, we were buried. Are you seeing that? Notice. Okay, if I read it wrongly, tell me. Therefore, he was buried alone. <laughs> Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Hold on. What does his burial really mean for us? Do you know how many people have gone to the grave owing money? You'd be amazed. How many times do you see people going there saying, Taburupoka Kongwale at the gravesite? No, no one does. You know why? Because at that point when that happens, it means whatever they did now in their life here on earth becomes a memory. It may have had consequences. But you can't stand before them and accuse them in that moment. So you may have come fresh from the world having done a lot of things, and there, there could be consequences for it that are being felt on this earth. And some of them may need wisdom and solutions and the like. But do you know the day you stand before God, none of those things will be pointed out when you come to Christ. Sometimes when we talk like this, I know because my first reaction when I first ever heard such things was, oh, and that sounds too good to be true. What do we preach? It's called the the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach what? The word gospel is the Greek word eugelion. And do you know what it means? Almost too good to be true. We were buried with him. Buried with him. So the old man died and was buried. That's the kind of stuff they spent explaining in their epistles. That's what they spent explaining. Look, guys. A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D. As a matter of fact, some things were only brought up for the sake of correcting people. Otherwise, Paul would even say, some things are not even supposed to be named among you. Because we were buried with him. Then there is something else. Do you now understand why it says if any man be in Christ is a new creation? It says the old man has passed away. Then it says that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So I want you to imagine a seed and a plant concept because Jesus used that concept. Unless a kernel of wheat dies and is buried, it remains alone. So the seed is buried in. What comes out is absolutely different from the seed. Let's go back to that argument about if one man died, we all died, right? 
Let's go back to it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. Let's read it on to the end. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. By the way, media, I love how I'm sounding. I usually complain publicly when I don't like how I'm sounding, so I might as well compliment them, right? <laughs> Hey, is this the effect of upgraded skill or the effect of partnership fund? Both. <laughs> okay. It says, for the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. The context of this scripture is that he's saying some people think we're mad, some people think we are elegant, but we can't stop doing, we can't stop preaching this because the love of God keeps compelling us. Because we judge that if one man died, why should everyone else die? If Jesus endured the cross, why should anyone go to hell? If by his choice we were healed, why should anyone be sick? It's like, there's that, it, 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 it compels you. And then look at the next verse. And he died for all that all those who should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Wait there. What they are saying is that even the Jesus they knew, something changed after the resurrection. He was glorified. No wonder John could meet him and fall at his feet as though dead. Because something had changed. And what he's saying is that these guys grew to a level where when they look at any person, they don't regard them according to the flesh anymore. They don't regard them according to their past mistakes or according to this or according to that or according to that. Because in the same way, even Jesus himself, that's not the way we regard him. Imagine we all grew to that place. That's why we correct them. I'll tell you something. If we can't correct you, then we don't believe in you. Let me say that again. Have you ever seen somebody stopping um, somebody who's maybe reached a very high level of mental, mental retardation that they're in the streets eating from beans. You don't see people stopping and saying, hey, don't eat from the bean. You're not supposed to do that. You know why? Because they've accepted that that's the way the person is. But if they are to see their friend, if they are to see their child, if they are to see their neighbor going to a bean to eat, what will happen? They'll say, you're not supposed to do that. The parent will probably even whip the child. It means they believe better. So if we correct you, it's because of how much we believe in you. It's because of where we see you. Now, he builds that argument to say verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, why have I quoted all these scriptures? It's because we have to understand what happened at the resurrection. At the resurrection is where the church was born. At the resurrection is where the kingdom began to be manifest in its actual sense in us. It's at the resurrection. Just as he was raised, we can also live in the newness of life. That's why when you're born again, you can change your character. But guess what? Christianity is, Christianity is not a behavior change program. It's bigger than that. It's an introduction to the life in the kingdom. And so I really wanted to build that introduction and having heard all that, let's go back to Colossians 1, verse 12 and 13. So clearly, there was a whole process to Colossians 1, verse 12 and 13. 
So now with that process in mind, from the King James, with that process in mind, let's read Colossians 1 verse 12 and 13 together. Okay, people struggle with King James. Give us new King James. But where there is transferred, we'll say translated. Otherwise, right now, let us auto read together. One, two, three, go. Giving thanks to the Father. Hey, wait. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for what you did. Uh huh. Go on. Who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light? What else? Wait. Let's stay on giving thanks to the Father. I was counseling someone this week, and I'm sure they'll be excited to hear me say this. And, you know, they, they were telling me how uh, we had a very powerful session with them. And then afterwards, they started feeling very heavy a few days later. And they just kept hearing, you're even calling yourself the righteousness of God. You. And they just started remembering every wrong thing they've ever done in this world. And they did the best thing they could do, which I commend them for. They sent a message. They said, Pastor, I know you taught me this, but I'm feeling like this. I said, okay, let's schedule for. And I said, I'm going to teach you something. I'll teach you on what is called the garment of praise. And I said, go to Isaiah 61, of which we can go there, because this is something we need to learn. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. Jesus was anointed to preach good news. That's why we see miracles when we preach good news. And then he talks about setting captives free, but look at verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion. Imagine that some of us in the body of Christ and we've been mourning I pray may you experience divine consolation. And then it says to give them beauty for ashes. Say, you make my life so beautiful. That's all. And then it says the oil of joy for mourning. It should remind me to do a topic on the oil of joy because isn't the oil of joy the same one that's spoken about when he talks about Jesus saying, I will anoint him with, is it the oil of gladness? More than his brethren. It says the oil of joy for mourning. I pray may God anoint you with the oil of joy. And then look at that. It says the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The replacement for the spirit of heaviness is the garment of praise. So I explained to them saying, actually, what you don't realize is Satan was actually giving you, you know how there's prayer points? I said Satan was giving you praise points. That's what I said. Because the moment he comes and says, are you not the one who did this? You look to Jesus and say, wow, even for that, you died for me. I praise you. Thank you. Were you not the one who had this reputation? Wow. You took a gamble on someone with such a reputation. Lord, I thank you. <laughs> that's the garment of praise. So it says, giving thanks to the Father. So that's how you deal with Satan when he's trying to remind you. You look to Jesus and praise him. <laughs> you look to Jesus and praise him. So go back to Colossians 1.12. It's ish. Today's sermon. <laughs> can't believe I'm still introducing. So it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. We've got a portion in this. I have my portion in this. Do you? Say, I have a portion in the inheritance of the saints. Next verse. And it says... One, two, three, read together. He has delivered us. The and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. 
he has translated us. We've been delivered from and delivered to. So we've been translated into the kingdom of his son. And that's why we keep teaching you on the kingdom. No. Be. Bewitched. You no. No. Anyways, as we continue with this, you'll see because we'll talk a bit about how to resist. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Darkness doesn't decide for me. No one can decide for me. Darkness can't decide how long I live. Darkness can't decide how much I'll have. Darkness can't decide whether I make it or not. We've been delivered from the dominion of darkness. My blood won't determine what my destiny or character is. Not when my birth was not of blood. Have you seen that in the scriptures? Do we pay attention to those things? John 1. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Next verse. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Have you ever seen First Peter? Chapter 2, verse 23. Give me the next one twenty-three. I hope I'm in the right place. Let me just check quickly. Give me one twenty-three, please. These are things I started meditating on a while back. And I've seen them make the difference. Yeah, it's 123. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, the seed that birthed this new creation is not corrupted. And it says, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The word of God which is resistant. The word of God which can prevail. The word of God which can build you up. The word of God which can expose you to your portion and hand it over to you. And so, I've named this the glorious liberty because I want you just to read one last verse for today. There are still a lot of verses I haven't touched. But I want you to understand that this new creation, one of the things that God has designed was for this new creation to walk in glorious liberty. Not just liberty, but glorious liberty. Romans 8. And verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Just an interesting side note. This is not the same word used in John. In John, the word that's used is referring to a baby. But in this portion of scripture, the word that's used is referring to one who's mature.
Let's go on. Verse 20. So this one doesn't come by birth. It comes by growth. And then we are shown how to grow. It says, but you babies, uh-huh, eagerly desire the earnest milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It says, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. In short, when you look at creation, creation is frustrated. But then look at the next verse. Because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Into the glorious liberty. of the children of God. Take note of those notes. We'll continue from here after next week. Will I be around after next week? After next week, I'll be on the copper belt. We'll continue from here after that week. So take note. We'll continue from there. Glorious liberty. There's still a lot to go into. As I was sharing the word just now, you know what I kept sensing in my spirit? That if everyone can just be committed, the growth we experience is unprecedented. If everyone can just get committed to this, committed to the scriptures. We've all been students before and some of us are students. There is a place where there is only so much the lecturer can do. Usually, the exams, for some reason, they don't always get lecturers, lecturers fired, but they can get a student dropped from the class. Why? Because the exams are not necessarily set to reflect whether the lecturer taught well or not but they are set to reflect whether the student was committed. And their commitment will be seen by whether they go back and read what the lecturer said. Like I've quoted Romans 6. Somebody here might decide, okay, so this week I'm going to read the whole chapter of Romans chapter 6. I actually quoted Romans 6. I quoted Romans 7. And if you are paying attention, I even quoted Romans 8 verse 1. We just didn't go there. If you want, you can go there because I quoted, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you're reading from most translations, it adds on who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then the next verse says, for the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. So we've quoted Romans 6, we've quoted Romans 7, we've quoted Romans 8. If somebody, yeah, if somebody has been asking themselves, saying, Ish, I don't know what to read in the scriptures this week. You've just gotten it. Imagine what would happen if everyone showed that commitment. I've quoted the glorious liberty of the saints. Someone should go look up the word glorious. Someone should go look up the word liberty. Like, what do you think was in Jesus' mind when he was thinking about us in terms of liberty? You'll see when we go on in the other portions of scripture that there is a way he designed our lives. And I may be preaching this message to people when you're in different experiences. Some of us listening may be experiencing the exact opposite of what I'm preaching. Some of us listening may be experiencing it, but not to the level that it should be at. When the word of God is in a place like this, the grace is sufficient to deliver. The grace is sufficient to heal. The grace is sufficient to, when I say deliver, I mean to transfer from one place to another. And if there's any resistance, we deal with it. The grace is sufficient for ideas. The grace is sufficient for you to grow. And so that's why we are told to preach the word in and out of season. It may not always sound like that's the word for that moment. But the Bible says, he who watches the weather will not plant seed. You've seen that in the scriptures, right? And so, 
my earnest desire as a priest of this house is to raise priests. Moses had a prayer point. Moses wanted a nation full of prophets. Do you remember? He's like, God, I desire that they all hear you. If you had to ask me, my desire is for everyone to be priestly. Everyone to be kingly. How many are willing to be committed to the word? Yeah. I would like to pose a question in this place. And I would like every eye closed. And I want to just meditate on what the Lord Jesus did. And as is our custom, you can keep on with there is freedom. As is our custom. I want to ask you a very honest question. Are you born again? Have you been born into this kingdom? Are you saved? Have you surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus? And it's very easy to tell. You can tell by how you live your life. But the biggest way is that the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. And so you've got 100% assurance that if the Lord Jesus came today, you're not missing out on eternity. And look, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or what you've believed before. The love of God compels us that if one man died, there's no reason for you to pay for that. Some of us may have been brought up in religious circles or something like that, but we lost our way. We've got an opportunity to come home. I'll ask that if you fall in these categories, very quickly, you raise your hands and we're going to pray for you. Say after me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You died. <laughs> you were buried. And you rose again. I'm your child. I'm in the kingdom now. Keep your hands lifted. Now the power of the Holy Spirit is coming over you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, touch. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.